0: Can you hear me? Can you hear me?
1: Yes, sir. Hey, how are you, man? Man, alive, grinding, hustling, killing it,
0: making hey. a statement,
1: baby. Heck yeah, man! It's good to see you <laughs> again.
0: You too, you too. I'm excited about the show. I said I uh, I got to, I got to do a little. A little bits and pieces with uh brandon's uh interview you did with him and uh it was pretty odd to get to get opportunity to kind of hang out and visit and i guess talking about a little bit of me and, and about your program and what you do I'm, so i'm all for it that sounds great
1: awesome man well thank you so much for taking the time so yeah. uh so hey let's just start off with how we met right so this is kind of a funny story right? I think, I think if I, memory serves me correctly, it, I just know you were involved in a crazy jiu-jitsu battle at one of the Tulsa ATFs, right? Maybe with right. Randy, maybe with Randy Olson. I could be wrong, but you, know, yeah. you were like a purple belt.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if that was with me. Uh, um it may may not have been
1: randy it may um, not have been randy but you were in a crazy back and forth match and i and you were a purple belt and i was a purple belt and i was seeing you out there and that's kind of when i started charting you and then i mentioned your name to somebody and they're like that dude's such a badass kickboxer and i was (laughs) i was like really really tell me more it was one of my coaches danny Dring, and he's like man i used to watch that guy fight on the wcl and, and he's he's awesome. So like, I didn't even know about like your earlier career in martial arts. And I mean, it's basically kind of why you were on my list of people to hit up.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Mr. Dream. I said I I got to visit with him a few times. We've known each other in the past. I remember I, I worked out at his gym a couple of times back in the day with uh, one of the one of the fighters he was helping train. So yeah, every time I come to Arkansas, Little Rock or Montville, I remember I it's been a years back, but we uh, we crossed paths a few times
1: yeah yeah so you know like when did you first uh get involved with uh so you got involved with karate first is that correct
0: yeah so i started doing martial arts uh at pretty much basically out of the womb because my that's how my parents met was in my mar- old school martial art uh Ryu, a little okinawa you know old school martial art and uh that's how my parents met and you know after that and uh my mom was pretty much a top-rated ranked fighter back in the you know eight, early '80s, and uh, and so she traveled a lot. And uh, my dad, you know, competed as well. He was good at fighting as well. And so I think that made her stop fighting with me and her belly. When, I think whenever she was like a month six, I think, and they said, "Nope, you're done, no more." And my mom helped. She she uh, disguised it by wearing one of those old-school uh, body shields that were just sipped up really tight and uh and, and her instructors said "Nope, you're done no more you can't you can't hide it no more and uh so and this is my mom I said she did she loved fighting I mean she, that was just her thing you would never thought that she would be that type of person when you meet her face to face but like I said she'll she'll kick somebody up in the head in a heartbeat if you give her opportunity
1: well and last time I saw your mom so this is another thing I, I kind of read online uh, or like previously that your mom had been involved with martial arts didn't know that about her but knew that she she, last time i saw her she's like a jujitsu blue belt if i'm not mistaken yeah Yeah,
0: that's that's totally correct you know i you know so so i was a student of her at one time and now she's a student of mine now currently so that's that's kind of weird how the world's changed but uh you know she could be i mean i think she's a, a seventh dan or an even a ninth dan i'm not really positive but my both my parents you know you know they're at that age you know uh 64 I think is what they are and like I said now mom has found a new love for jiu-jitsu and like I said and she's wearing people out I mean and because I think the real real cool thing about with her is that she's been involved in in, in weight training as well pretty much all her life and so that's kind of she goes weights training in the daytime and jiu-jitsu at night pretty much every day and every time anybody goes with her, they kind of find out, you know, like, dang, this old lady is strong and, and there's nobody ever in her, in her age bracket. So she's got to go against people, girls younger than her son, me, like 30 year olds, sometimes 20 year olds. And she still works them over. And, you know, when she gets on top, that's it. You know, she ain't gonna let you up, you know, and she's just gonna, she's gonna hopefully maybe pull off a choke or a Kimura top side or something and uh, try to twist that arm off and. And, uh, but other than that, you know, she's just crazy strong, crazy, crazy strong. And, uh, sorry about that. I uh, got phones. You're good.
1: Um, man, man but, I um, could say these things about my wife, but not my mom. Right. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: oh man, I mean, that's, that's, that's the cool thing about it is mom's still able to, to do this type of stuff, you know, and she's got, you know, bad knees and this and that. And, and uh, but with jujitsu, you know, you're able to kind of modify your ground game to where it kind of adapts to your entries i guess you'd say um so she still pushes through things and overcomes things and uh just loves just loves just now
1: man that's awesome and like man when i first saw her training i think i think when i've charted that she was training she was like 60 or something like 60 years old and yeah. man, that's just inspiring to hear like that's an awesome story
0: right right yeah it's pretty amazing pretty amazing
1: well hey man can you tell me a little bit i know like i've, I've talked with you a little bit about this in passing and like read a, read a little bit about it but can you tell me a little bit about your heritage and your parents heritage
0: uh yeah so pretty much i come from like a native american background i said i'm half i'm half native american half white man i guess you'd say um and everybody's like here's the last name Longacre." he goes oh you're indian i said well that's my dad's name so what uh, <laughs> that's that's not so now my mom's side you know her her maiden name's warrior so that one is like oh what kind of how'd you get that name I was like, that's just that's our family name And you know, on the native side and uh, I said well we, we got that name for a reason I'm assuming and uh, so I pretty much I carried that bloodline name with me in combat combative sports all around you know so besides doing martial arts I wrestled through gen, you know elementary junior high and high school uh, martial arts pretty much which was between sports you know growing up I played ball at every I did everything at small school half the school was Native American and half the school was om- and half those half that Native American crowd was almost cousins um, so I came from a small town small community but a Native American community too uh, in Creek County here and uh, like I said it's, that's kind of got how I got my start in doing everything you know I went from kickboxing um, and started doing really well at kickboxing, full contact, or, or actually, I'm sorry, the point point tournament fighting. Um, I did really well at the point fighting tournaments, and then my instructor said, "Hey, you, know you ever thought about trying full contact?" I said, "No, but it sounds fun because I kind of I kind of hit people living too hard sometimes in the point fighting tournaments too a little bit, and I usually, sometimes I get in trouble. But uh, but yeah, so I, I found my groove in kickboxing. and I loved it because um, well. It, it, there's no other feeling like it, you know. Whenever you walking out, uh, the crowd and 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 the and the music and the lights and starting out. I, I think my first kickboxing fight was in a an inside a, a rodeo arena on top of dirt, uh, right? And the ring was set up right in the middle of the, the arena, and it was actually in my hometown. So you, you you could have known that I probably had a I had a lot of people, and like I said a lot of people there, family and friends and everybody wanted, wanted to hear because everybody knew I, just, I already did stuff growing up so everybody always had was they were literally about messing with me but i never i was never that guy in school either i never i never you know pick you know pick fights i never i was always that guy that stood up for the bully or from for the bullies you know but i always had cousins older cousins that took care of business for me All so i didn't have to you know come for that fighting style lifestyle as in, like i had to prove myself and all that i was like oh, yeah. I said, what'd you say? I said, talk to my cousin, actually, you know, and he got to handle the business. So, it was, but that's kind of how I got to start as in kickboxing. Coming from martial arts, doing really well in the karate system. And then, uh, you know, after I got one taste of that, I, said, I mean, I loved it. And then it, and it hit it pretty heavily.
1: So, full contact is basically just no leg kicks. Is that the, the big that's thing correct. about That's
0: correct, yeah. So, back then in Tulsa, they didn't do too much low kicks at all. Uh, kickboxing it was all waist up and then slowly I started diving into well I said now now they do leg kicks on these shows I was like all right I don't care you know so let's get it but my first leg kick fight oh my gosh that was that was another world I, I remember that first time I got kicked in the leg I was like I don't want to be here no more. I, said, it just, it just, <laughs> I, said, I don't. I don't like this. This is no. I don't. I, <laughs> let's figure out something else. I gotta. I gotta knock this guy out because this hurts my legs. And uh, yeah. So man, it, it, it made me appreciate and respect low kick after that because I did. I did fine with it. I still. I still was able to use my uh, my traditional. St- stand-up, you know, with my hands and my side stands, kind of like the Boy ish type of style, mm-hmm. and did really well at it, and then, but man, leg kick is a game-changer, you know, in receiving and giving. Um, it's like, it opened my eyes in the first of my career that I did not want, hang on one second, I'm sorry about that. you good. And uh, something that I did not want to be a part of, but I was like, man, I gotta learn this, because this could definitely uh, changed the level in a fight really quick, you know, and uh, so, yeah, so back then, we didn't do much, but then I learned, I started getting bothered more of those fights, because uh, once I started getting the Tulsa circuit, you know, that's all I did was, was, lo- uh, was adding low kicks and knees, and then you almost had sometimes with the promoters and stuff, it's like, are you okay with low kicks? I said, yeah, and so it was kind of gradual like that, all right, so we went from waist up. And then all right, we're doing low kicks, okay? All right. Now this next one we're doing knees. I said, okay. You know, so it was kind of gradual like that. And after that, then it pretty much stayed with, you know, working on leg kick, low kicks and, and knees and stuff like that here and around the Tulsa Oklahoma market.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think the first time that I came to fights in Oklahoma was was around like oh nine or something. But you guys allow amateurs to D each other in the face over there. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. And uh, like I said, but like I said, Oklahoma or Tulsa is pretty much known for, you know, having back, well, I don't know about so much now, but now back in the day, they're having some tough, tough suckers that, that could fight, you know, back in the day. So, yeah.
1: So at what point in your career did you pick up your nickname? What's the story behind that?
0: So the, the first nickname I got here in Tulsa was given from, to me from Del Apollo Cook. He gave, he called me Billy Jack. At first, I had no idea who this Billy Jack was. You know, I was like, Billy Jack? I was like, I have a fighting name called Billy Jack for man. I said, that ain't cool. And then I asked my dad about it. He goes, No, nah. I said that was a that was an old Western karate karate show that this guy was a half half breed Indian and white guy and uh, he beat everybody. It's like an old Clint almost like Clint Eastwood, David Carradine kind of cowboy series called Billy Jack. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't watch it. And uh, he goes, No, I mean when he was ready to fight, he pulled his shoes off. And, he goes, I'm going to put this foot upside your head and there's nothing you can do about it. That was kind of his main thing. And I was like, oh, okay. But I was like, I still don't like it. I still don't like it. So I fought with that for about a couple of fights. And then finally, uh, after he knew, I was like, you know, I didn't dig it. He goes, all right, how about thunder kick? I was like, I, that's a little bit more like it because it kind of got a little native twist to it. And uh, cracking and kicking, I said, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So that's kind of how that started. And that was probably like probably fight number – seven or eight, my pro career, that we finally transitioned to Thunder Kick.
1: So you've had like 12 uh, televised kickboxing appearances, is that correct?
0: Um, well, locally, pretty much, uh, Man, I would say after my fifth pro fight on, most of those was televised here on the local, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, on local television. And then still the opportunity of toward the end of that is that's whenever like um fighting on the versus channel the showtime you know before there was spike tv it was the versus channel and yeah. so we fought on that periodically about every five weeks on a season and then showtime and then i don't know i think that was it i think that was it as a nationwide
1: yeah i remember that versus channel man that was uh we were watching on the podcast the other day, like an old, uh, old fight that took place on the IFL that I want to say yeah, the IFL. original time we watched it, I think was on versus, right? Like
0: back yeah, in the versus Channel, Yeah. So the WCL and the WEC was big on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if Force was versus or not. Strikeforce might've been on.
1: Well, that may have or- been, show- well, it was on Showtime at one point. I know. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, so I know it was on Showtime for sure, but I didn't know that Versus showed it or not, but, yeah, I can't remember. It's been, it feels like it's been forever, it feels like. And it feels like Versus was forever ago, too, but, um, you know, I guess eight eight years maybe?
1: Yeah, Six, in the been, neighborhood.
0: Or, yeah, eight or ten years ago, you know, the Versus channel kind of came about.
1: Yeah. So when did, when did you find – so, like – uh. I got to knowing who Apollo Cook was by watching the documentary Choke. And then later on in life, I had some fighters on his card, and I, one of my guys won. Uh and it was real, real exciting, popular fight of the night. And he, like, came over and gave me a hug and thanked me. And I was just like, oh, man, Apollo Cook just gave me a hug, guys. And, like, everybody's like, who's this dude? Like, that I know. I might tell my friends about it or whatever. But when did you first uh, meet him and get involved with him?
0: Well, pretty much I had a friend of mine, uh, Jack Rogers, back in the day, that I was getting ready for a fight, and I getting helping him get ready for a fight. And I called – I remember calling uh, Apollo's karate and say, hey – I got a fighter who's ready, and this and that, that wants to get on them, one of your fight shows, and I left the voicemail and I left my name, and then ended up Dale Cook ended up calling me back and said, "Hey, I, see, I hear you're interested in the, interested in uh, having one of your guys on." I said, "But aren't you tiny and Leon's boy?" And that, that's kind of what my mom was known in And the karate surgery was tiny. And and guy kind of, and he knew my dad Leon from the martial art karate tournament days and this and I think my dad even cornered him on one of his uh, kickboxing fights years and years back, back, back before he, he he went famous kind of thing kickboxing. So he knew of my family and knew of my mom and all that. And he goes, "Hey, I heard you're pretty good too." And I was like, "Well, I'm I'm not that I'm not bad, you know. I, was like, I can I can I can handle my own." He goes, "Hey, what about getting you involved too, along along with your friend Jack?" And I was like, "I was like, okay." yeah, let's do it, you know, and that was kind of the beginning of how that, that, that relationship kicked off, so I shouldn't fight for a show for him, my very first uh, big Tulsa fight at the Greenwood Culture Center, on TV, like, a, it was like, you or a small local channel, and I had everybody in the crowd there, at that time, I was hauling drywall and sheetrock, you know, all through the day, so I was carrying sheetrock pretty much all day out. All all day, basically, and then going to training at night, and um, so I remember we going from work and going to weigh-ins and going right to going right to fight night, and uh, I had all my friends and family there, uh, and uh, fighting this guy out of St. Louis, Missouri. I can't even remember his name, but I just remember this guy was like a foot taller and about twenty pounds bigger. He reminded me of that Russian guy from freaking Rocky Four, IV, Ivan Drago. And this guy was look just like him. I mean, felt like him. He was kind of, he was a lot more fair skinned like he was a little more white. He's only he had white, white hair, blonde. And I don't know, but man, I was like, oh my gosh! I said this guy is gonna be a beast. But I was still confident in my skills too, coming from a karate standpoint. I was like, I'm gonna work this guy over. Him. I'm gonna stick and move, stick and move, and catch him. And because uh, I was just coming off a couple knockouts too, And it's my fifth pro fight. I was like, all right, shoot, sure, I feel good, feel good. So, boom, ding, ding, first round. I'm working him, you know, bouncing around like Sugar Ray Leonard from, with a side stand, stick and move, stick and move. He was hitting me with stuff. I was kind of rolling and stepping side, circling out, looking good, stick and move, stick and move. And then I hear the 10-second count, like, the, when I hit on the, on the edge of the cage, you know, like tick, 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 you know, it's like 10 seconds. I was like, all right, I'm going to finish with a flurry. I end up throwing a good flurry, and then I come out of the flurry, and circle out with my hand down. And this guy throws one of those hooks out of nowhere, and then catches me, puts me to sleep with my eyes open. Eyes open, my arms are stiff in the air, like sticking straight up in the air, and my eyes are open, and and I have that blank stare, you know, that goes on. And anyway, I can't, I mean, you could hear a pin drop in that crowd because of the talk about it. And Dell Cook was promoting me and marketing me up on the mic on the on the uh, on the announce, with the announcer because he was uh, doing like side side tables, you know, uh, commentating and all that on his show. Like, hey, this is he's gonna be my my diving in the rough for these Indian casinos. Blah, 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 and this and that. He comes from the streets of Pawhuska, Oklahoma. Blah, blah, blah. And then right there at, the, at the very end of the first round, I get I get clipped, put to sleep, eyes open, stiff as a rail, arms stuck in the air. And then moments later, like I don't know when, uh, I wake up in the I wake up in the locker room, and uh, I wake up and they're taking my gloves off, and I wake up and I go, "Hey," I said, "What are you doing?" Because you. You just wake up – you almost you wake up from a from sleep out of nowhere. just boom. A light switch comes on. You're like, hey, what's, what are you doing? I told him. That was Jack, actually. I said, hey, what are you doing? I said, take your gloves off, man. I said, what are you talking about? I said, man, he just caught you. I said, caught me? I said, he, I said what are you saying? I said, man, he just caught you on the chin. He knocked you out. I was like, what? So it was one of those things. It's just Ten minutes later, probably this has happened. You know, and I wake up, taking my gloves off in the locker, and my dad comes back, kind of comes in and checks him. Hey, just checking, you all right? I was like, yeah. He goes, how'd your chin? I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I'm moving around like, it's fine. It's okay. I just check you know, he kept having me and walk back out. But, yeah, that was one of those moments there that I was in the gym Monday. I was like, it took – nothing computed because you don't remember fighting. I don't remember what happened. I don't remember walking out. I don't remember – I mean, watching the video later, because back in the day, they had it on VHS tapes where you get to watch the full thing where they set me up, they talk to me. I'm, I look like I'm responding, but my eyes are kind of blinking really slow. I'm looking left to right, kind of real slow, like like in a daze. I, they stand me up. I, they give me how the, I, they stand me up. I get out of the – I walk out of the ropes of the, of, the, of, the, of the ring. I walk out. They kind of, like, help me. I mean, not carry me, but they kind of, like, just kind of, like, I don't know, stumbling back, you know, to kind of hold my arm. And, uh, yeah, and, then that's, and and I don't remember none of that. So, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of good, I guess. That I don't remember getting hit. But that's the crazy thing about when you get knocked out. Um, I don't remember getting hit. It didn't hurt. I didn't feel it. I don't remember it. You just wake up, and then the emotional thing sets in. There was like, oh, all these people were here. All, you know, my family, my friends, my co-workers, and, and that's whenever it's like, ah, oh, you feel like the biggest letdown in the world, you know, and that's the thing, I, you know, it doesn't hurt me so bad when I lose, but it hurts me because of the people I, I brought to the table, my friends, my family, my team, the thousands of fans that came to watch or whatever kind of thing like that, you know, it's, that's the part that hurts bad. And then you got to explain, hey, how'd your fight go? How'd your fight go? How'd your fight go? The hundreds of people had asked. And back then, social media wasn't happening. So, you know, as a social, you know, you can imagine, like, hey, how'd that fight go? How'd that fight go? You know, I was like, man, you know, so, but verbally having to tell people face to face, man, that was tough, you know, because it's like, but I was in the gym the next Monday and I was like, I'm not going to let that ever happen again. And that, that was the, the only time i have ever been knocked out was that fight, my, my, my fifth profile.
1: Did you experience any – so, I mean, you probably got a concussion. Did you have any issues with losing time later? Did you reactivate a concussion and sparring or anything on down the road?
0: No. So, down the road probably was maybe 10 years down the road. I ended up doing getting in a bunch of good wars then. And I think uh, – I mean, it was one of, those, one of these Tulsa fights, one of these World Combat League fights to where I took a beating but kept on ticking kind of thing where I just – I mean, I was bloody like crazy and swollen up and this and that, and just got at it. But I remember the that night, the next day, I was just vomiting a lot. I couldn't, I could I couldn't, I couldn't figure out if it was from the after party or if it was just because I had a concussion. Um, but that's the first time that I ever felt that nausea. Nausea, like I, I gotta go throw up. You know, it's like I gotta go throw up. You know. Um, In my boxing match, I had a boxing match to where I had my eardrum ruptured in a boxing match. And And I'm deaf in one ear already from a childhood, you know, playing in a rock pile and all that when I was probably like six or seven. So I've been deaf in my left ear since I was seven. And anyway, I ended up rupturing my good ear um, in my boxing match from a hook. And I ended up going about ninety percent death for about three weeks, three or four weeks, from a boxing match. Which that almost put the nail in the coffin. I was like, man, I don't know about this. I was like, I'm done because, I mean, you don't, you don't, you appreciate how much your senses, especially when it has your hearing, you know. So that put that put a big stamp on. I was like, man, I might take out take a break for a while, or I might be done because.
1: I didn't know how much
0: I re- I used my good ear. And uh, like I said, being 90% deaf, where I had to read lips. I mean, I was already kind of good at it anyway because I had to do it anyway, but sometimes people would ask me something and I'll say, yeah. And I was like, I didn't ask you the question. I was like, sometimes that's my automatic response sometimes. But it was really tough for a few weeks because I was having to read lips. And I said, you guess say a little louder, man. So that was a scary point. Uh, in the career, too, you know, besides the nausea from getting knocked out or not knocked out from just getting dazed and confused from later in the career and then having that happen again, you know, with a ruptured injury. Thank God that's only happened one time. But there again, you got sparring, sparring sessions after that. It can easily happen again. Um, But luckily enough, knock on wood, I haven't had an issue since then. That was probably about – that was probably about 10 years ago. No, no. That's probably about seven years ago on the ruptured air trail. Um, so yeah, so I haven't had nothing since then, thank God. That's
1: good. Man, what okay, so kind of funny question. What's it like fighting uphill and downhill? Like those W those WCL fights are like in that dome, right?
0: Yeah, so that was kinda of like the old school, kinda of like in the day they had that movie Bloodsport, right? Yeah. So that's kinda of, that's kinda of a little bit of how they kinda of come about this a little bit. Um, well, Chuck Norris had a thing, he already he already had an idea of doing this, like, it was like 20 years ago, maybe even 30 years ago, where he did a team fighting thing. So, this is always kind of, the old... where this was weird because I liked it because there was no ropes, there was no cage. Everybody can see everything really well, but They they penalize you for stalling. They penalize you for not fighting. Uh, Let's see. That's really about it. You know they penalize it. They they stop you. All right, point to this guy and go for stalling or being passive. You're kind of freezing up a little bit, man. Can you hear me? Or whatever like that. So they they took points so encouraged me. so when your team wins, you get paid this amount. You already get paid already, but if your team wins, you get paid more. You get a knockout, you get paid more. So but when you was doing that every seat every every five weeks we fought in that World Combat League. And you know during a season, that's all I did was was fight and uh, didn't have to work or do nothing, you know, and that was pretty amazing. But every five weeks, I fought at 147. I fought at 164 at the beginning of the season, and then uh, that's when I got a friend of mine on the team, Anthony Giacquani, and got him on and took my place because I said, hey, let's put in Anthony on the team because he, he's legit at 64, and I said, I can drop down to 147. And so that's when I got really good at weight cutting because I did it every five weeks. So I got it dialed in. I knew exactly how long on the treadmill, I knew exactly how long I needed a jump rope, I knew exactly how long it took it took me to eat and all that, and had it dialed in. But the tough thing about it, the bow part, the rim that kind of elevated up a little bit, that was a tough part. If you back, if you was a guy that's backing up a lot, if you step back uphill, you go down automatic because you're not used to that. Yeah. But if let's say if I if I punch you and you step back and you hit it and you fell down, they're going to give me a knockout or, or knockdown points. So the reason why they wanted you to come forward and fight so they keep that from happening. So I was like, I, I might take one step back with a circle, but more like screen kicking and fighters because in the beginning stages, I was like the only one that left it all on the line. And he loved to see that. He loved – I brought, I put butts in the seats because of that. I was just like, hey, I'm going to go out on my shield. You know, I'm going to put you on or I'm going to go out on myself, you know, because that's what the fans like. But the thing is, that was my mentality of fighting, too, where it was like, hey, I'm going to get it. I'm going to go. I'm going to try to knock you out. I'm going to try to go. I'm going to try to take your head off. You know, if you catch me, oh, well, that's the only way you're going to beat me if you catch me. So that was kind of my mentality.
1: That that would have been the Thomas Long anchor that Danny Dring vividly remembers and talks about. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was a little mean when I, when I fought, but Doc said everybody's got to have a switch that goes on when you fight. You got to, if you don't have a switch, you don't need to be fighting.
1: For sure. For sure. Well, Hey man, I know you got an appointment to get to here in a few minutes. Um, But man, I really appreciate you once again, taking the time to come on the show It's awesome talking to you and, uh, hopefully, we'll be seeing you again at a jiu-jitsu tournament or something here pretty soon. Ooh, you
0: yeah, I say that's, it, that's it. a lot of my body holds up a little bit, and that's enough, and it's been great. But black, you know, the road to black. You know, I've been I've been a brown for you know about a year and a half to two years, probably. But I didn't want to be one of those guys that going to be grandfathered in. I didn't want to be guys that get handed a, a belt. I want to be a legit brown where people respect it and, and, and people on us. I want people to say, you know what? He's ready for his black. I want to be that guy. You know, that's one thing around here, around the Tulsa market. You know, I don't like it so much because I was like, why is this guy getting a black belt? You know, why is this guy getting this one getting that? Hey, just because you, you help paint a school, that doesn't mean you get the you get a black belt. I'm old school. Where you just if you, you you only get it if you deserve it because the time to put in and also on the application of, of the of, of the art as in like I want to see you grab. I want to see you roll. If you're if you're if you're this belt, let's let's check it out. Let's compete. Competing is the best thing of I think to to see where you're at to see if you're retaining to see if you're uh, how you can how you can manipulate the 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 real. Scenario, as in like the butterflies and this and that. How do you how do you, how do you react on the fly? How do you react when somebody going after you and trying to beat you? You know, gym gym guys are great, but you really get tested in competition. You really get to see where you're at in competition because you get to see if, if the actual the curriculum and style that you've been doing is really, uh, I guess, moving forward and as in like you're really capitalizing on it. You know, I said, I want to be able I want to be a guy. Like I said, I'm I'm coming – I've been on a a knee injury now for about, man, a year and a half, off and on, off and on. And it's really tough because my instructor, Brandon Quick, he was like, hey, man, let's get that black. Hey, let's get that black. I said, man, I'm having trouble, you know, with my knees right now, with with just one knee, really. Uh, One knee, man. I said, man, I said, I don't know. I said, I can't train right now. I said, I've had this thing pop out twice, you know. I got two little girls, man. So I got a four and two year old. So my goal in life isn't to be black. My goal in life is to be an amazing father and to be an amazing husband where I want to play with these girls. And I said, jiu-jitsu is, is great, but it's not life to me. And it's not, it's not, it's not what drives me kind of thing. If I get a black belt along the way, I'm going to be a legit black. And I said, but at the same time with the black belt world, as in, like I said, man, it's not a huge, big thing in it. I know I'm getting off on this little spell, but man, I said, Jiu-Jitsu is great and all, I love it, but man, I said, when family first and me being able to put food on the plate, and I got to have my legs to do that, that's what daddies do. Man, Jiu-Jitsu ain't a big deal no more. And I said, I mean, it's great and all, but that's not what pays the bills. That's not, what, that's not what takes care of my family. That's not where I can't take care of my family if I needed to in a real-life scenario, whichever, you know. Um, so I want to be able to do that. And like I said, I'm, my goal is to get black Yes. But I got other priorities in line before that too.
1: Well, man, I'm sure you'll get there.
0: Yes, sir. I appreciate that, man. I, I will. I will. I'll get there.
1: Yeah, we'll stay after, brother. I really appreciate you again, Thomas.
0: Hey, you're very welcome, man. It was amazing being on. It's truly an honor. Like I said, I'll definitely do this again soon.
1: Okay, man. Have a great day. I right, see you, brother. See ya.
0: Bye.